It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. It's a busy week here on TNT in the morning. Auburn volleyball on a long losing streak. Auburn soccer loses in the semifinals of the SEC tournament. Auburn men's and women's basketball are back in action. And we're getting ready for the number 13 Tigers to take on the number 14 Texas A&M Aggies in College Station on Saturday. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to TNT in the morning. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by all of my good friends. First off, Thomas Lynn Murphy. What's going on? Feels good to be here. We're hyped up this morning. We're joined by our good friends Dylan Lark and Jake Gonzalez. Gentlemen, how are we today? Oh, we're having a great day today. I'm doing just peachy over here. We are quite literally electrified right now. Um, This whole group was absolutely vibing before we got on the air. A lot of good good vibes coming from the, the rock hour before TNT in the morning, which is an underrated time. Of the day, by the way, Thomas Lund. It is. So, Friday, no, uh, November 5th. We are in November now. It does not feel like we should be this deep in the air. Um, it's cold. It's officially cold outside, right? We can we can go ahead and say that it is chilly. I think we've all got the sniffles because it's getting cold outside. Yes, yes. Good thing I've got my um, Atlanta Braves World Series champion sweatshirt merch. I had to go ahead and plug hey, that. Go Braves. Yes, chop on Atlanta Braves World Series champions. And that's about all the time we have because we have a slam full show. And I know that... We've got a lot of exciting takes to look forward to in the show. Dylan Lark going ahead and teasing his plug. If you listen to Tank Talks Football on Wednesdays at noon, correct? Yep. If you listen to Tank Talks Football on Wednesdays at noon or the Benchwarmers podcast, you have an idea as to what we're talking about. If you don't, then you really should check those out. Jake, I'm sure, is going to come with the hot takes. But before we get into anything super controversial, let's, let's talk first. Auburn volleyball, guys. Um, it's been a skid. Yeah, they're on a three-game losing streak now, and I know Harrison and Jake y'all are at the women's basketball scrimmage last night, and they were able to uh, put a couple of the set points and stuff on the jumbotron, and we got to watch a little bit of Auburn volleyball. And they started off strong on the first set, and then they uh, rotated the next several sets, and then had a tiebreaker in the fifth set, and came up short against Texas A&M, and now they fall to 12 and 10 overall, and four and eight in the conference, but. It is an improvement from last season, so there there is some positives to take away from this season. It's not, and the season's not over yet. There's still a handful of matches left, unless I'm just mistaken, which I don't think I am. No, there's a there few are. coming up. Yeah, no, and they're not even. I mean, they're like halfway. They're over halfway, but yeah, there's six they're, left. They're, they're still, I would consider, in the in the thick of the SEC season. They've got time to make oh, up for it by far. And plus, it's not like they've been walloped in these games. Like they've been close games and. They've been up two to one in sets like that, or they're just dropping like two in a row to, to kind of lose it. Uh, uh, for Auburn fans, here's 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 the outlook, right? Correct me if, if this if this is what you're saying, Jake. Let me know. They're competing, which is another not what they were doing last year or oh, the year before yeah, that. This absolutely. is a they're, giant step in the right they're direction. They're competing, which is all you can ask of this yeah. program right now because it's not Coach Crouch's players yet. Yeah. Um, moving over to I'm going to talk a little women's basketball just real quick. Um, be in, be in and out of this because I know you you want you want to Thomas Lynn, you're going to want to preview men's basketball this evening, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so Jake, you and I were at the women's basketball game uh, yeah. last night. 
excuse me, women's basketball scrimmage where Auburn won 102 to 42, 42. Um, yeah. over Miles College. Like this, like I said, this was a scrimmage. Standout players: Kaye White. Well, Kaye White's going to be a beast. Yeah. Um, honestly, Scott Grayson is still a beast. And Aisha Kulabali. Correct. Those and, are the three. And Coach Jay got off on the on the right foot with the Auburn fan base. I think that you know, passing the century mark is a it's a good way to start your career anyway, in any capacity, be that a scrimmage or not a scrimmage. That's also the first time any women's team inside Auburn Arena have gone across the century mark. In program history. Yeah. That's, that's, inside, that's inside Auburn Arena. That does not count the Coliseum. Yeah. But still, <laughs> that's, a, I mean, that's a good way to start out for Coach Harris. I've, I've, I'm, I've been a, ever since Auburn hired Coach Harris, uh, I thought that this was the right hire. I thought this was a home run. I was more sure about this hire than I was about Brian Harson. I was too. I, I would agree. Absolutely. So, I think that uh, Auburn women's basketball headed in absolutely the correct direction. The turnover, the transition offense, uh, the, the steals turned into uh, to, to points. Yeah, I think it turned. I think they had 23 turnovers and that turned into 35 points. Correct. And that is Coach J basketball. Yeah. She said that afterwards. Yeah. Uh, that is Coach J basketball. Fans of the Auburn women's basketball program, get ready for running gun basketball, which is fine. Yeah. Good defense and then transition offense is fun to watch. So, that's what we've got for Auburn women's basketball. They start their season next Wednesday, Jake. No, you remember November eleventh. So it'll be next Thursday. Is it next Thursday? Uh, yes, yeah, next Georgia Thursday. Southern. Next Thursday against o'clock. Georgia Southern at seven o'clock. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas Lynn. Appreciate it. So make sure to check them out. And I'm going to give me one second. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, Jake is having a little technical difficulty here with his mic. It wouldn't be a day on TNT <laughs> without it. It's always something. So, on to men's basketball. Thomas Lynn, give us a quick preview while Jake is. Uh, well, struggling with this <laughs> microphone over here. That I whole wish, microphone just like yeah. fell down over there, huh? I wish we had this on video. This is top-tier entertainment. Oh, Preview, uh, Auburn men's basketball This t- taking on their scrimmage this yep. evening is against Southern Indiana. That's at Auburn Arena at 7 p.m. Go ahead, Thomas Lynn. Let's hear about it. Yeah, everybody be sure to head out to Auburn Arena, get a first glimpse of some in-game action uh, by the men's basketball team. They uh, played last week uh, on Friday night, uh, inter-squad scrimmage, uh, orange and Blue match, and we got to see basically the first like game action of this year's team. And boy, am I excited to watch them! They they are looking like the real deal, potential championship caliber team. You have Walker Kessler. Did not know he could shoot threes to the capacity he did. Seven one big man shooting threes. I mean, and uh, Jabari Smith, the highest ranked recruit Auburn has ever landed in program history. That kid is going to be a stud. Anybody else excited to see guard play this year, actually? Oh, of course. I'm very excited yes. to see the guard play. Uh, KD, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see how the whole transfer dynamic, uh, Wendell Green, uh, how all that works, out, how that all plays together this year. I think that it's good that you have the early season. Obviously, it's always good to have the early season. I don't want to say cupcakes because in college basketball especially, anybody can lose anybody. Yep. But to have these non-con games at the beginning of the season against teams you're favored against to figure yourself out and figure out the dynamic – I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how Pearl, Pearl uses this group because I'm almost curious, does this does he have them on a shorter lease or does he keep trusting his guys? I think he keeps trusting them because that's that, how that, that he, seems like his yeah, persona. That, that's what he's known for. And I also think this is going to be a big year for Bruce Pearl in terms of recruiting because all of his like starting guards this season are transfers. And we have now – Known the NCAA has turned more so into the transfer portal, right? And recruiting in that aspect now, to where if he can get these transfer guards to play at a top tier level and bring them in from smaller schools and have them play that well, 
you could see Auburn landing more and more uh, top-tier transfers out of the portal in years to come. I will say, I think his leash may be a little bit shorter this year just because they are all transfers. Right. Compared to us in the past when he's been had a couple of transfers come in, but he still rely heavily on the guys that are already there. There's also got to be still some of that BP, I'm still behind my guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Freedom, right? right. But I, I think he's going like, to rely a little heavier on the stats this year. And one of the stats that I've heard him talk about a lot is the assist-to-turnover ratio. So as long as you're getting more assists than turnovers, you're doing a good job in that stat category. So, I mean, I think depending on who's kind of dominating that stat category, that's where you're going to see more start as the season progresses. Okay. Uh, uh, that's a good take. Uh, I, I actually had, that's something I hadn't thought about, Jake, and I'm glad you brought up. I'm interested to see how it all pans out. Dylan, thoughts on uh, Auburn men's basketball? Well, I'm ready for it. I'm planning on going to at least like half the games this year. <laughs> is that is that an upgrade from the from years past? Uh, I've probably been to like two games. <laughs> wow. Bro, how have you only been to like two games? Well, I went just to my freshman year, and COVID happened, and I missed the 2019 season. Jake wow. and I have been known to stand in obnoxiously long lines in the past. Oh, very, very obnoxiously <laughs> long lines. But I bet they're going to be even longer this year. They are going yeah. to be. I, I would be interested. What time do you th- was the, Do y'all know when the lineup starts today? I have no clue. I bet that it's a crazy lineup today for the scrimmage. I bet it is. I, it would not surprise me. Usually they haven't been in the past, so I don't. But we had a full COVID year where people couldn't go to games unless you won a ticket lottery, essentially. Which very few people won that ticket lottery. I never won it once. I won it one time. You luck. You lucky dog. I, got, I will say it was Sharif Cooper's first game. With the, uh, that Iron Bowl oh, game. Oh, man. Had an Woo, that was man. a fun game to watch. Yeah. That was, that so was a fun one. Um, I'm going to add one thing uh, because I know we're all hyped up for basketball season, but I don't think anybody is as hyped up as Bruce Pearl is. I was able – I was working the women's basketball game yesterday, and before the women took the court uh, to warm up, the men's basketball team was inside the arena practicing, and uh, Bruce Pearl had a nice – little quote that I was able to capture, and I'm not going to say some language that was said, but he said, we are done watching the football show. It is our time. So that right there just got me pumped and up. And there were some sprinkled in expletives in that? There's, Yeah, there was. <laughs> but I was getting so pumped up. He was getting onto his team saying, "We're it's game time tomorrow. Let's go. So You want to give a fu- – just for fun, y'all want to just go ahead and, and just guess how many points Auburn hangs tomorrow because I'm going to go with 117. I was going to go 125. 125? I was going to say 116. I'm going to say 107. 107. Okay, so we got a nice spread here. You want to throw in a number, Dylan? I'm going to go 110. 110? Okay, so we got a nice spread here, and we don't have to write any of this down because it's already been recorded, so that's good. That's that's the nice part about having a podcast. You can just go back and listen to things and figure out what you said. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we all expect Auburn to absolutely manhandle Southern Indiana, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like this, I'm no just question. I'm just making sure that nobody hears. If not, then I'm kind of concerned. Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct. It is Auburn sports we're talking about. It is. Yeah, I don't associate Auburn basketball. Did Auburn basketball season. lose a couple years ago in an exhibition? They did, didn't they? I don't think so. No, not since not since no, we've sure been in school. I I think uh, Georgia Southern came to play two years ago, and I know it was a close game because there was one kid on that team who was absolutely ruthless on the floor really yeah no yeah auburn lost an exhibition in 2017-18 so i don't guess oh, y'all were here to yeah, bury yeah, a final score of 95 to 100 in overtime and then that team still made the tournament yeah they went 26 and 8 that year mm-hmm. they sure did they <laughs> oh, were, yeah yep yeah because I mean, that was that was, that was the foreign that's the one where uh anthony got really hurt yes um and like the whole season collapsed at that point because yep. everyone else got hurt too at that same time 
Yeah, lost to Clemson second round of the tournament. We've only got a couple minutes left in this first block before we jump over to football. Um, so, you know, I, I want to go ahead and do this, Thomas Lynn, if that's okay. Um, thoughts, and we'll go around the table here. Um, we'll start with Jake, and we'll just work our way around. That's cool. What is the floor and what is the ceiling for 2021-2022 Auburn basketball? The high ceiling, I could see Final Four. Right. If if the, everything works the way it should, mm-hmm. Final Four is possible. Bottom ceiling is just making the tournament. Okay. I, this team is – there's too much talent across the floor. To not us. be there. Yeah, especially – the only way I can see that happening is, God forbid, every single person on that team got hurt. Right. Because there's just talent all over the floor, so there's no way they don't make the tournament with it. Right. Uh, I'm going to go a step higher with the ceiling because, I mean, it's just a ceiling. Right. I, I think this is a national championship caliber roster in some aspects. I think we should we could be able to make it that far. But a floor – I mean, the SEC is packed right now. Oh yeah, it is. It is. It is I, cramped in this up up in here. <laughs> I think the floor would probably be just barely missing the tournament. Okay, that's a low floor. Yeah, but that's uh, I'm fine with that. I'm going low floor, high ceiling. Okay, and that, that's cool. That's cool, with me, Thomas. Lynn. I'm going to agree with Dylan on the on the ceiling. I'm going to say this is a definitely a championship caliber team. They have some of the biggest size in the entire country. Um, starting two guys that are roughly seven foot. And I'm going to go a floor. I'm going to say a uh, round of 32. I mean, anybody can get upset in that NCAA tournament. But there's no reason for them, A, to lose round one because they should have a solid regular season, have a good seed in the tournament to where they should have a pretty decent matchup in round one. But then we all know how the NCAA tournament plays out. So right. I'll say floor of uh, round of 32, ceiling of championship. I'm going to kind of – I don't want to sound like I'm taking your answer here, Thomas Lim, but I'm going to take it and expand on it because yeah. I, think, I think the floor is the round of 32. Uh, that, that's that's actually exactly what I was going to say. The ceiling for this team is SEC you, – you, you don't win the SEC tournament and the SEC regular season. There's no way it happens. I mean, it can. It, it very well can. The chances, the probability of that happening, slim. Being one of those two or both, SEC regular season or tournament champions – and then being national champions. I think this is a team that could be a Final Four, a national championship contending team. It depends on how well they click. Like I mentioned earlier with guard play, I'm very interested to see. And with all the transfers, I'm very interested to see. And it also matters when Al comes back, when Alan Flanagan gets back in the game. And that's another factor. So that's, I think we had a really good conversation here, guys, about Auburn basketball. And I'm really pumped to talk some Auburn football. And we've got a lot of conversation around football and the rest of the, around the, the, rest of the SEC. English is a language that I speak. Good night. <laughs> but before we can do that, we do have to go to a two-minute commercial break. So make sure you don't go anywhere if you're listening at home, online, or on Weagle 91.1 on that radio dial. Don't turn it. Make sure you stay right here. We'll be back with you in two minutes. Welcome back to TNT in the morning. Coming to you live from the station here in the Melton Student Center here on campus at Auburn University. It is a beautiful day outside. Happy Friday to everybody once again. Everybody ready for the weekend? I mean, it is it is here. It's upon us, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It was Everybody's, a pretty quick week. It was it was a very quick week. Uh, I think also a lot was, was a, being invested in the Atlanta Braves winning the World yeah, Series, it was which an, I had. It was I got an enjoyable again. week. This, is, this <laughs> really has been a long week for me. Yeah, I'm sure it has. <laughs> I'm sure it has. So before we uh, before we get back into into football, uh, or before we jump into football, rather. Thomas Lynn, um, it's almost Thanksgiving. Any grievances about the holiday season? Like, you, you, you like to complain about things that you don't like or compliment <laughs> things that you do like um, about Thanksgiving season. I guess my only thing is everybody's transitioning from Halloween to either Thanksgiving or Christmas, and it should always go Halloween, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving then Christmas. I mean, I've seen the Kia dealership 
here already has Christmas lights out. And like, that's a, that's a no-go. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody should be playing Christmas music yet. Because in my opinion, y'all can disagree with me, but Thanksgiving is the greatest single-day holiday out of the year. You get to eat all this the food you it. want, and you get to watch football all day. I mean, there's there's no wrongs with it. This this guy gets yeah, it. Let me let me t- let, let me tell you why. The food, first off, food is undefeated. Thanksgiving food significantly better than Christmas food. Yes, You're just gonna be honest. Even if you carve a turkey on Christmas, Thanksgiving food's just better. Facts. I mean, what my, is my Christmas family food? always gets like a prime rib. Oh, for so, Christmas? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so like that's. Well, my dad likes to do the prime rib too, but I don't know, man. Dude. That dressing. Don't worry about the dressing, bro. It's a prime rib. <laughs> Cook that baby nice and rare. <laughs> yeah, you got a good point. Juicy. I do, yeah, but you don't have Sister Schubert rolls with it, do you? You can make oh, Sister Schubert rolls. Oh, Sister Schubert rolls, yeah. man. Dang. It's a must at Thanksgiving. Rolls anytime. I just had Chick-fil-A, now I'm hungry again. And, and oh, you know, what, you know what I can do on Thanksgiving that I can on Christmas? I can lay on my couch and watch the Lions lose and fall asleep and not miss <laughs> anything but be perfectly content. Yeah, I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give Thanksgiving that. Thanksgiving is so slept on, we should not jump from Halloween to Christmas. And let's not forget, the Egg Bowl is on the egg bowl is on thanksgiving yes hey and also auburn this year plays on thanksgiving day in the battle for atlantis tournament so there's a lot going on this thanksgiving what do you get on christmas do you just get the nba schedule that's it you get the nba NBA, which is cool not really right yeah you're right right. no one cares no you're right (laughs) you're right you're right okay i will miss the lions this year I'm, I'm going to watch a game, but the fact that Matthew Stafford isn't going to be on the, yeah. on the roster is kind of sad. Right. Okay. Hey. We're good with, with seasonal talk now, right? <laughs> yeah. We are going to have a spinoff talk show one day where we just talk about seasonal stuff, and I'm super down. I'm all for it. I think this would be great. So, football. Time to, time to, to dial it back in to TNT in the morning. Uh, if you've got any burning, I guess, hot takes that you would like to share with us, we want to hear them. Uh, tweet at us at TNT in the AM. That's at TNT in the AM. Same handle on Instagram if you are so inclined. And I think Dylan's tweeting at us right now, so that's epic. Um, but <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, we are going to recap. Auburn took care of business against the then 10th-ranked Ole Miss Rebels. Don't bring up rankings, guys, in front of Dylan until we get to that time. He might have a stroke um, because he's going to get PTSD from looking at this week's CFP poll. We will get to that. We will also gripe about that, Dylan. We are with you. You are not alone. You are supported. You are loved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But let's let's break this down. Um, Thomas Lynn, thirty-one twenty. Your takeaways from the Tigers? Tigers uh, went over the Rebs. I mean, to begin with, like one of my biggest takes, takeaways is the Auburn offense is looking incredible and one of the best offenses I've seen in a while. But my biggest takeaway came in that second half by that Auburn defense, only giving up three points to Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin and that high-powered Ole Miss offense. That's something I was not expecting. If you would have told me Auburn uh, put up three points and a half and would win, I would not believe you. So that was that was my biggest takeaway from the game. I agree. Dylan. Uh, I saw Auburn finally be able to run the ball, which we have not seen. Since <laughs> this is the third State. time I've heard Dylan say this this week, and it's still <laughs> true every <laughs> single time. It's shocking, dude. I mean, <laughs> Tank Bigsby was averaging three yards a carry against Arkansas. Now he comes up and he's averaging, I don't know the exact 6.1 against Ole Miss. Yeah, almost doubles what he had against Arkansas. I know Ole Miss is a terrible defense. Also, Lane Kiffin is dumb for going for go for on fourth and short every time. He took 12 points off the board, which would have won them the game. I would like it on the record that last week on TNT in the morning, we both said if it's fourth and anything less than like a million, Lane Kiffin's going. Dude, it was fourth <laughs> and 25, 
and I was afraid he was still going to go for yeah, it. Yeah, literally. No, there was like, there was like one fourth and 25. He thought about going for a second. <laughs> yeah. He really did. <laughs> Dylan, did, you, did that complete your thought? I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. But oh, no, the, the, the big it, run game was big for Auburn. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, Bo Nix had a great game. I don't know if you want to – if we're going to go into what I think about Bo Nix later on in the show at all. We're going to – I'm going to bring it around the table, and then I'm going to throw it back to you because I do want to talk about that. I think that you and TL have a good argument here. And, and Jake, I don't know if you're going to play devil's advocate. When we get there, we're going to keep teasing this conversation. But I do feel like every week – and I'm going to throw it to you for your takeaways next, unless – for Jake, if that's okay, Dylan. I feel like we say it every week. Bo Nix played a outstanding – one of the best games of his career last week. Jake, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would agree with the whole run game thing. Um, you know, this is the first time that Tank Bigsby has gone over 100 yards since the Penn State game on September 18th, which, what, that's almost two months since now, or since then. Right. Um, but other than that, this this is the first game that I was, like, watching it in the stands or even on TV where I was like, Brian Harson's the guy. Like, he's the guy for this program. Like, I, there's so much improvement across the board that I'm all in. I'm excited. Tweet at us if you're listening to TNT in the morning, if you're listening to Weagle 91.1 FM, we're interested. Do you think Harson's the guy? I do. I do too. I think everyone but AL.com thinks so. <laughs> Ooh, that's per <laughs> Dylan Lark. That's at your boy the tank on Twitter. That was not me. That was not Harrison Tarr. That was not Thomas Lynn Murphy. That was not Jake Gonzalez. But I'm not saying that I disagree. No slander here, but you're not wrong. There's not slander. I mean, it's... It's factual. I think that I think that you bring up a good point here. I think that uh, if if you're not sold already on Harson being the guy, if you're an Auburn fan, and uh, you know, this, as I say, I try to keep this, and you guys understand you're the same way. I try to keep this as unbiased as I possibly can. If you don't think Harson's the guy, I don't know what version of this football team you're watching. I don't know what you're seeing that I'm not seeing, and that the rest of us aren't seeing. I'm not saying that we are holier than thou because I don't think we are, but we spend a lot of time looking at film and looking at stats and looking at this team from every angle that we can. The culture's there. The results are better than we expected in his first year. I don't know why you're not sold, but if you're not sold now, you never will be, right? My question is, if you're not sold now, when are you going to? What does it take? Yeah. Beating Bama, probably. Okay. Beating Bama in year one with a, a team that Gus Malzahn kind of just left in the dumpster fire. And he just turned that around to a possible 10-2 and two team that we're hoping for at least. I mean, 10-2 and two is possible. 9-3 and three feels very feasible. I'm not I'm, – oh, I'm, yeah. I'm playing devil's advocate here. You guys know. No. Even 8-4 and four in your first year doesn't feel that bad. That feels like worst-case scenario, right? Yeah, absolutely that's worst-case scenario. I predicted 8-4, and four, so I'm fine with that's, that. That's what I predicted at the start of the season, so – what was your prediction, Harrison, to start the year? It is still theoretically possible. It still is. They have now reached the threshold of six wins. <laughs> I did project project Auburn to go six and six this year. You guys have to understand where I'm coming from. I mean, there's a lot of outside factors. I expected Ole Miss to be a little better. I'm not making excuses. I was wrong. I Sometimes we miss. That's what journalists do. Sometimes we miss, okay? And you're, I miss on this really one. Missed. I miss on this one. I didn't miss horribly. Unless they go ten and two, and then I missed horribly, and I will I will publicly announce that I did. I don't want to run out of time on this segment. You guys are welcome to cook me up on Twitter. You're going to do it anyways, whether or not I give you permission to. So it's okay. These the three people sitting at this desk with me, for those of you listening at home, are my three biggest grill men on Twitter. They grill me more than anybody I know, which is incredible, and I love that because it, it makes makes me feel loved. Guys, thank you very much for making me feel important <laughs> and reminding me that I could ratio any of you any day that I wanted to, but. 
<laughs> you want to go and follow him on Twitter again? Oh, yeah, I forgot I unfollowed you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay. <laughs> We're, we'll, we'll get it back into this banner. I promise. But I want to give Dylan an opportunity to present his argument um, about Bo Nix. I think it's a fascinating argument, and I'm, and I'm willing to have the conversation. And we're, we may have to roll it to the beginning of the next block, like part of it. But I'm going to let you go ahead and explain uh, and explain your angle. So for those of you listening at home, per Dylan Lark, Bo Nix is a top five Auburn quarterback all time. Go right ahead. Uh, so if you look at the stats, I mean, I, I ranked him above – a bunch of like notable names like Damian Craig and Jarrett Stidham. Because my argument for Jarrett Stidham is the fact that he was great and then got average. But what I've seen from Bo Nix is I never expected from – I knew that this is the year he has improved so much under this new offense, but I did not expect this kind of improvement from Bo Nix. He's playing like one of the greatest quarterbacks that I have ever – one of the best – not greatest, one of the best quarterbacks I have seen in my like Auburn fan experience besides maybe Cam and Nick Marshall, of course, who I have at four for my top five list. I just think if he wins out, he's easy top five. Without speculation, without argument, I cannot put anyone else above Bo – well, besides those four. I cannot put anyone else at that number five spot behind – besides Bo Nix. Okay, and then that, that's completely fair. Uh, I, I just wanted to – I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted you to put out this whole argument because I think that I've, – I've never once, and I'm not being honest, I've never once said that I, you know, I, don't, I don't respect your opinion, and I actually think you have a very good – I think Dylan's got a good argument for this. I'm still rolling with Stidham at five right now, and, 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 and this is why. If Knicks beats Alabama this year, he has to do nothing more to, to prove to me he's top five. That's fine. Um, and I, and I, I will make the argument for Stidham that every single time you see a quarterback come through a Malzahn system, they digress. Regardless of where their talent was coming in, they get worse. That's, and, and it will happen to UCF too, by the way. That, that will happen. It already has happened. Easily. Well, I mean, Gabriel went down. You can't fault Nazan for for that. But well, you can. But <laughs> anyways, with that being said, I'm only leaving Sidham up there for the fact that I don't think Nix has has achieved it in my book yet. And, and if he has in your book, that's great. And I, and I think Thomas Lynn agreed. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where you stand on this, Jake. I'm going to let you guys. I'm going to go and start with Thomas Lynn, and then Jake. Um, we'll we'll talk about it when we come back from the break. No, I agree 100 percent with you, Tor. Um. You have, I want to hear your entire list, one through five, of your rankings. Perfect. Quarterbacks. Well, I, everyone I've talked to has the four is the four one through four spot is always the same. It's Cam at one, two Pat, three Campbell, four Nick Marshall, and then five is where it's either Bo Nix, Jared Stidham. I've heard Damian Craig. That's an argument. There's an argument for Damian Craig. Yeah. yeah. I I agree with that list. Uh, of course you got to have the two Hosman winners, number one and number two. Number three and four could be interchangeable, just the way you look at it. But um, with uh, the Bo Nix argument, Jarrett Stidham, the reason I have Jarrett Stidham at five, Bo Nix on the outside looking in, is because Jarrett Stidham beat Alabama, he beat Georgia, and he has made an SEC championship. But That's a good argument. If, That's a good point. If Bo Nix beats Alabama this year, and he's got to take care of business this week against A&M, one, he'll make the SEC championship, and he'll beat Alabama twice. So if he does that, then I'll solidify him into the top five. And we'll talk about this more after the break. But Bo Nix could be a dark horse for Heisman next season, in my opinion. 
What do you guys think, listeners, going on, listening to us back home, wherever you may be listening to TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM? We're going to step away for a couple minutes for a couple PSAs for you guys this morning. But don't go anywhere. Make sure you tweet at us. Tell us your top five. Everyone in the studio would love to know. And we will continue this discussion once we come back. We will see you guys right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Your number one college radio station in Auburn, Alabama. I think I can make that statement, right? I think yeah, that's. I think you can. I think so. I, think I don't know any other college. I also radio think that we're the number one. Yeah. I think TNT yeah. in the morning is the number one sports talk show that's on at Friday at eleven a.m. I think so too. That's a bold statement. I know. I I don't know the analytics. Are we saying in the you. country or just here? I think. I mean. I mean. What other sports shows going on right now? Hey. I'm sure. What sports other sports show somewhere. are you listening to right now, other than? If you're not listening to Weagle 91.1 FM, you can't tweet at us and tell us what you're listening to. But I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we left off right before the break. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can never bring us back to anything serious. We have to have we have to have fun on the show. That's I mean, right. like that's the point of being here. Is this is enjoyable? This is something. This is fun. We're having fun. <laughs> I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too bad. <laughs> Anyways, so. We did not give Jake an opportunity because we ran out a little bit of time. Um, Jake, I'm going to give you the opportunity now to open the floor to Dylan's uh, proposal that or claim that Bo Nix is a top five quarterback, Auburn quarterback of all time. I'd be interested to hear your take, and I'm sure Dylan will be interested to hear as well. Yeah, so I, I agree with obviously the top four. I think that's very consensus among anybody, at least that's watched Auburn sports before. Um, but I would say I think I have Jarrett Sedum at five still. Um, I, I'm not getting too excited for what Bo Nix is doing right now just because of what we have seen in the past from him where he has probably a good four or five stretch or good stretch of games and then he kind of has a bad one and stumbles up a little bit. Um, so right now I have Jarrett Sidham at that five spot because of that. And so we, if, if Bo Nix can keep this level of play up and his improvement up through the rest of the season, by all means, you can throw Bo Nix at five. But right now I think Jarrett Sidham is – comfortable at five bonix is a close six so my stigma for the list is if he wins out top five if he somehow wins the heisman next year he possibly jumps like to three right above jason if he wins the national championship next year he just goes to two yep and it takes it, it would take someone who's basically a, a demigod for me to ever put anyone above cam they'd have to have a joe burrow like season you, and that's not that might not even be enough. Like I get it, a hundred passing touchdowns and a hundred rushing touchdowns would have pass cam. I absolutely agree, and I, I understand where you're coming from. I I think that after this season, once we uh, once we get into the off season and TNT in the morning stays on because this TNT in the morning will live on for at least another semester while I am still in school, <laughs> and that'll be a really interesting conversation. I actually think we should make sure to have a conversation about what the future is for Bo Nix. What does that look like, um, especially because none of us at this table know. What the rest of the seasons holds, we may we have project, projections, we have thoughts, but we don't know for sure. Um, we don't know if that draft stock's gonna you know exponentially shoot up. I don't, you know, opinions reserved. I don't think it will, but we don't know where we're going to be come you know come December, come January, um, in terms of what the conversation was, is about Bo Nix. But I think it's important we start talking about it now, Dylan. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm excited that we had this conversation. I'm excited to keep having these conversations um, week by week. Um. <laughs> now, um, Jake and Dylan, do you guys do you guys happen to have a favorite segment on the T- uh, TNT in the morning? Because I do. Oh, I do. I do. Are you, are you guys ready for it? I, I, I got this. Ready? <clears throat> Wait. Can I, can I can I guess what your or my your, can you guess what my favorite segment is? No. I mean, you should know. Is it what we're about to go into, or is this a trick question? 
Of course it's Force Robots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Actually, <clears throat> let's start that over. Yes, Jake, I know what your favorite segment of TNT in the morning is. Because, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, get ready for Get to Know the Foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy. Always loved like your Bruce Buffner uh, introduction for me right there. That's just a great impersonation of him. So, get to know the foe this week. Texas A&M, the number 14th ranked Aggies. Uh, also, the beaters of Alabama this year. Thank you very much, Aggies. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Is it Ravelle? It's the Rough Collie that's been around since 1931. I think that's somewhat how they pronounce it. I'm how, how do you, I cannot pronounce it's it? It's a French name. So what does it mean? I can't tell you. It's so the Ravellis is one just one gonna go go with, okay? It's back in like the How's wars and stuff. R E V E I L L E S. Ravellis. I would say Ravel, but I think that's because I think that E S is not pronounced in French in French. I believe, yeah. I believe that's correct. Okay. Go on. Go on, sorry. Whatever. I don't know French. Um but so they are the ones that woke up like the army and stuff back during like the Civil War days. Cool. Stuff like that, okay, with like horns and whatnot, okay. So the Rough Collie, named after the Ravelli, whatever, uh, has been around since 1931. Well, there are nine Ravellis um, at A&M that are buried in the north end zone of Kyle Field Stadium. No, that's not real. And all their bodies face the scoreboard. That's not real. That is real. Per who? <laughs> Wild. It's Website I saw saying the the uh, fun facts of Texas A and M. So first me- media law, what we had to see in that class. Now this <laughs> today has been. So is Clemson LSU the real Death Valley, or is Kyle Phil Death Valley? <laughs> I'm just. Up, did you just come up with that? Very good question. <laughs> um, I'm 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 just dumbfounded <laughs> right now. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of crazy. You got anything else, or like? Oh, I, I got I, I got two does, more. Does things. it get worse? It doesn't get worse, okay. but it gets better. All oh, right. boy. But that's the one we're going to end on. We got two more. The one we're going to end on is probably my favorite. So the next one is a campus tradition at Texas A&M is to put a penny on the foot of the Sul Ross, Ross statue for good luck on their exam. Okay, that's cool. I like that. So, that's a cool tradition. That yep. makes sense. I can understand that. That's one. cool. I like that. You can't understand having non-dead <laughs> bodies under Caulfield? <laughs> well, no, the... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the penny statue thing. Yeah, I like that though. That, that's yeah. a cool tradition. That's I'm I'm here for that. I would do that. Hope. All right, and I'd then for it. The, my last one, which is my favorite, is Texas A&M has a midnight yell pep rally every year, and I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's before the first game every season of football season. Okay, where the lights are turned off for a period of time in Kyle Field, and students will kiss their date in the dark, but it gets better if you do not have a date. You will flick a lighter to signal to other single people. Oh my God! What? <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> hey, Dill, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the great. <laughs> this is the greatest. Get to know the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you're so dirty for that, Jake. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> I- we need Cole here. Yeah, we we need him. Actually, he needs to go to Texas and. <laughs> He should not be at Georgia. Dylan, <laughs> you and Cole need to go to Texas A&M. I have great news for you, speaking of Cole. For those of you who are uh, fans of the show, uh, guest of the f- and friend of the program, Cole Johnson will be on Friday next week. Oh, let's go. So Friday, November 12th, we will have Cole Johnson on the show. But 
Uh, I digress. We've got to talk about A and M because we've only got like five minutes at this point. But I am, um, yeah. Please hit my hit the Twitter with that. Everyone listening, please tell me that I'm not the only one that thinks that this is not the most absurd thing they've ever heard. There's a lot. There's so much to process right now. <laughs> that whole fan base is weird. Actually, you know what? I think we should give it up for Thomas Lynn Murphy for the greatest. Thank that's you. the greatest get to know the foe. This, this is why this is We've the had. greatest segment on planet Earth. <laughs> uh, dead bodies what? and Honestly, single people. I just had to reach away from the mic so I could fist bump Thomas Lynn for that one. Okay. Now we got to preview the game and we have five minutes to do it. So, woohoo. Okay. Dylan, you have anything prepared for this? I got a few things. Give me, give me, give me one, one key to success. We're going to go around. We'll talk about one key to success for Auburn, and we'll, I'll go to Thomas Lynn next because Jake looks shaken up. So. <laughs> okay, you got something? Yeah. Uh, Auburn needs to shut down the skill position players on Texas A&M. They have a, one of the best wide receiver cores in the SEC, especially with Jalen Widemeyer. And, of course, you have Isaiah Spiller and uh, Devon Akane. Valid. I'm a, a, it's always good to shut down position players regardless, but yes. Well, yeah. Yes. It's, it's better for this because, I mean, their quarterback is not the best. Right. Calzada is an average quarterback. He's best. played okay, though. But if you take out – if you make him throw the ball, if we can get – well, I guess getting pressure on probably the best thing. If you can make him throw the ball, he'll make mistakes, and Auburn is key on making uh, – at least back around making mistakes because he looked terrible last night. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I would agree with most of that. Um, I think the biggest thing is to stop the A&M rush – and then establish the run on offense. That's where I was going, yes. Those are my two big things. That's what it's felt like for the past kind of three weeks now. You build off Bigsby's performance against yeah, Ole Miss, right? Absolutely. That's that's rebuild from. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's, that's huge. Thomas Lynn? No, they've been looking at being able to get back to establishing the run game first and then the passing game for some time now, and they were finally able to do it against Ole Miss, so I see them keeping that going against A&M. And my other big thing for Auburn is you can't let happen against when the Aggies played Alabama. Right. To happen against Auburn, you gotta make sure you keep the fans out of the game, keep the crowd at a minimum, and just take care of business. If if you if you get that twelfth man going in Kyle uh, Field, then it's it's gonna be tough. But tough sledding. But Auburn has done a great job and I can't tell you the last time I've seen an Auburn team play so well on the road in a season they they've they've been doing a great job of keeping fans out of the game and just taking care of their business well if Texas A&M does beat Auburn on Saturday and I'm not giving away my pick yet but if that does happen Auburn fans can blame me because it is probably my fault for call having called Texas A&M the most fraudulent team in college football earlier on in the season I've actually done it twice on air publicly, uh, but I think that if if like if we take everything that you guys have just mentioned, and I want I want to also throw in four quarters of defense is so important. Auburn's played very well defensively the second half of games. They have not played very well first half of games. If we can get four quarters of Auburn defense, Tigers gonna be just fine. Actually, um, not to mention something I don't think that enough people are talking about. And all of us we've kind of mentioned in one one degree or another. I talked about this on on the bench warmers earlier this week. Set up for high percentage play calls. Be able to run high percentage plays. Get in those third and twos, third and three, even third and fours. Things where you situations where you can hand the ball to number four or the hand the ball to number twenty seven or dump it off to John Samuel Shanker for a a safe completion. Get yourself in in, in position to one chew clock. Keep the ball away from Manum, and two run plays that you know 
are high percentages that you guys execute well in practice. They just got to keep themselves in front of the chains. Yes, literally. There's, there's that. that and, and third and short's huge. Third and short's huge in every game. But being in manageable situations where you don't have to ask Knicks to do everything um, because, you know, who knows what version of the offensive line you're going to get. That's another conversation for another day, right? Have yourself prepared and, and, and set yourself up to be successful. Don't make the job any harder on yourself than it has to be. I think, I think this is a very winnable game for Auburn. I think we all agree that. I think that there's a lot of things that, that, that have to, a lot of dominoes that have to fall the right way, though, right? Everyone in agreement? I'm just getting yeah, nods, yeah, I so. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to the abyss for a second here. We are rolling. You guys probably looked at, looked at the clock, I'm guessing. We are rolling right into this next two-minute PSA break. So when we come back, we're going to talk around the SEC. We're going to talk about the college football playoff poll, I guess, rankings, not poll. It's not a poll. It's a committee. But we will talk all of that fun stuff. I know Dylan's blood is boiling now that I just mentioned the CFP. So we're going to give him two minutes to simmer. Tweet us all your opinions. We want to hear about it. SEC, not SEC, football, not football, um, midnight yells. I don't know. Anything you're interested in hearing about or you want us to talk about or you want to comment on, tweet at us at TNT in the AM. We'll be right back in two minutes right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to the final block of TNT in the morning. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined as always by my good friend Thomas Lynn Murphy, joined today by Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter. That's at A Y B O I. D tank. I hope anyone else can spell that on Twitter. <laughs> and then <laughs> Jake Gonzalez and Jake, what's your Twitter handle, real quick? Uh, it's uh, Jake underscore underscore Gonzalez. Oh, two oh, underscores. Yeah. Ooh, we got a little fancy there. <laughs> I, I, I would just go with the one or no one is a very popular name. <laughs> and I have to go with the two underscores. Understood. Understood. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys coming on today. You know, you're always welcome on the show. Friends of the program, if you will. Um, I love, a good, love the episode of uh, TNT and TNJ. Yes, yes. <laughs> all about. It almost sounds like we're saying PB&J for a second there. Now I'm kind of hungry. I'm hungry. I need some lunch. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I didn't get that granola bar, Dylan. You, uh, you didn't talk me into getting it. Dang it, it's your fault. I was, in, I was, conver- I was conversing with you. That's fair. We were having conversations. Uh, anyways, so back to football. Back to the last block of the show. Like I, I always say this every week, but it always makes me sad because like, this show flies by, and it is so much fun, like ridiculously fun. Oh, yeah. I love this program for, for sure. Um, let's begin with news in the SEC. Anything super big for you guys other than I went on the record on Monday, and y'all can give me your thoughts real quick before we get into you know more Auburn news. Did we, we, didn't, we didn't need to jump back, did we? I didn't miss anybody, correct? No, we're good. I just want to make sure. Um, I did say on Monday on the Bench Warmers podcast with Dylan, uh, you and your, your co-host, Bark, that Dan Mullen's on the hot seat. Uh, apparently that's something that Dylan does not share a, a belief with me. He does, you do. I can understand it. You can understand it, but you don't. And think I, he is. I can see it happening depending on how the rest of the season ends out. Okay, I, I right would now, I would say the seat is warm, warm, but it's not hot yet. It's you a know? it's a com- uh, it's a comfortable temperature, medium to low heat, but you can feel the heat. Okay, I think that's fair. I think the first step is firing Todd Grantham, and we and, talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah, but, getting him at defense coordinator, and then see what happens, but. If they don't improve this season, it could be sooner rather than later. And there's also word that the next step for Dan Bullen could be out of college football and potentially his next step could be going to the pros and well, seeing how that works out. That might work better for him since he just told the media, hey, we'll worry about recruiting when recruiting is supposed to happen after the season. Uh, no. no, that's not how that works. Where was uh, Brian Harson during the bye week? Uh, he was at, at high the school Auburn stadiums. IMG game. Yep. Let's – or I guess that was two weeks ago, but he was at the Auburn High game. Um, 
let me let me let me just, let me just throw this out here for you. Dan Mullen, you're not worried about recruiting. You don't really seem overly worried about your team. You just got molly rocked 34 to seven by your, I would say, end conference biggest rival, right? Alex. Florida and yeah. Georgia. Fl- Fl- Georgia oh, yeah. is Florida's yeah. biggest rival in the SEC. Georgia, Florida is not Georgia's biggest rival in the SEC, right? Correct. I would say that's right. Yeah. You're getting bullied by your rivals. Um, you got embarrassed by Kentucky. Everyone thought you were for real for a second, and now everyone thinks you're a joke. I've I've just got a lot of questions, and I think we'll we'll have the answers um, going forward. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on last week, other than I don't think anything really interesting happened. You almost got the Vandy pick right, by the almost. way. Almost, I, I was I was paying close attention <laughs> inside Jordan Hare Stadium last Saturday to that game, and I was like, "Come on, Vandy, do it to me! Come on!" Also, Mississippi State might be good, but we're gonna get that get to that when projections come. Okay. Hot take. I. I'm listening. I'm listening. I I, I don't know. <laughs> Hot take. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, hey. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not cutting you off. If you got it, go I, for it. I was it. just saying it, that's kind of a hot take. I mean, that they might be good. Yeah, I feel like that can't be a hot take because it's not definitive. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just a take right now. I feel like it's an observation. They might be good. That's not. That's not saying they're good. You know what I mean, Jake? Like right. that's just saying they like they might be. They're just an upset team. I mean, the committee thinks they're number seventeen. <sighs> okay. Reach. Wait, wait, wait. Who are we talking about here? Mississippi State. State. Oh, <laughs> I I, uh, I kind of zoned out for a second. It's okay. Um. <laughs> Hey, when when uh, what's it? Will Rogers or Will Levis? Will Rogers. Will, Will Rogers. Yeah. Levis Will Levis is, is Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. When Will Rogers is on, he's on. On. <laughs> when he's off, it's off. He's off. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, he's gonna be throwing the rock about sixty times. So I'm gonna let Dylan go ahead and explain to us. Dylan, we've got nine minutes. Just a, just a heads up. I don't. I'm All not right. not rushing you. I can um, go for an hour on this. You know? I, I would like to still have a few minutes to talk SEC projections after this. Um, just point out a couple of the the flaws. We're not even gonna go down the list of uh of it, the top 25 for the college football poll. Kind of keep it centric to, to SEC. You can throw in Cincy, and I'm not going to be mad. I, I would say that's the one team I – Is that okay? Oh, yeah, that's fine okay. with me. So, first problem is I don't think Bama's number two. I think Bama's top four, not two. I think you either put them in at four or three, and Michigan State goes in the other empty spot. I don't think anyone at this table objects with that statement, do they? I would wholeheartedly you, agree. Oh, wholeheartedly yeah, agree? I agree. Okay. Moving on to Pac-12, Oregon. Oregon is not even a top ten team to me. I agreed. I they've their conference is so easy, and they, they they ain't played nobody, Paul. They beat Ohio State. That's it. And then they've struggled wind against everyone else besides Stanford, who beat them, who's not even ranked at six. Cincinnati is number two. Cincinnati should have been number two. I I I yes, I would agree. Yes, even though their the strength schedule is not as high as others, but Oregon. Let's also quick side note: the playoff committee built Cincinnati's schedule. And ranking wise, to make sure that they didn't have to put them in because there would be no resume. Go on. Exactly. Uh, I don't think Auburn is 13. I think they should be higher. I don't think Oklahoma State, after losing Iowa State, should be that high. I think they should be a little bit lower than 11. I can justify one loss over a two loss. Otherwise, I do agree. I talent skill wise and talent, I agree. Auburn could beat yeah. Oklahoma State head to head. I understand the one loss ranking being higher than a two loss team. Uh, the Big Ten, East or West, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. That's just there to make Ohio State or whoever wins the other side of the Big Ten look better. Because that's going to play one of these three teams. They should neither of these three teams should be ranked. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I'm just yeah. especially Wisconsin. Dylan's really guys, guys. Dylan's really doing it to him right now. <laughs> Mississippi State is too high. If you're going to put them in, at, at least you're going to have them in the top like 20 through 25 spots. Agreed. They're, they're not 17. Yes. Kentucky should not be ranked after how they lost. Bingo. 
Uh, I think BYU is a little high. I don't think they've, they've been put too inconsistent for my liking. And San Diego State should not be ranked because they just lost to Fresno State. Where is UTSA? All good questions. And I know that you didn't get as much time to talk about this as you wanted, Dylan. I did want to get you, get you an opportunity. And honestly, Thomas Lynn, you correct me if you think I'm wrong. I don't think we had a better. We could have had a better man for the job. I think Dylan just nailed it oh, in, the, in the time yeah, frame. Absolutely. No, um, I agree. I'm just quick statement before we get into our. Um, this is personal, and you guys can disagree. And we've got like a minute to talk about it. The committee. This is the absolute worst rankings they've ever put out since their creation. Uh, I have constantly argued that they do not do it for. I've tried to argue for them, saying that this is not for, for for money. This is not for gains, uh, like financial gains or, or views. This is them actually putting in who they think is the most talented, and they're just not good at it. This I can no longer defend. It's a load of BS. Uh, it is not at all accurate, and I'm thankful that this is early season. Theoretically, still early-ish. This is yeah. honestly the one of the worst rankings I've ever I seen. think it's the worst. It's, it's, it's bad. No, I, I agree 100%. And a lot of people say, oh, it's the first rankings. They don't matter that much. Well, no. When they come out with rankings like this, they matter a whole lot because it shows – who the uh, committee wants in and who they want out. They don't want to put Cincinnati inside the top four. Oh, yeah, group of five, kiss goodbye. Yeah, they do not want them. And it, as long as Oregon wins out, well, guess what? Oregon's they're in. in. And they're so going to get matter slapped what, by Georgia. It, as long as they win the conference championship, win out. It doesn't matter what Ohio State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma do. They're out. Before we get into SEC projections, and this is a quick tidbit, and then we're going to roll right into them. Auburn fans that are listening to Weagle 91.1 FM right now, I apologize for saying this. The committee has successfully set it up that Bama does not even have to win the SEC championship to make the playoff. Uh, yeah, I agree. I would agree. It's what what year was that? 2017. They didn't make all over again. They didn't make it that year. I don't think. I think they can make it and lose and still get in. Yeah. Is, Auburn should hold so much hold so much power right now, but they don't. I feel like if Auburn lose if Auburn beats Alabama, they're only going to drop them like two spots. Right. Okay. Let's roll through quick. Um, starting with the bad versus bad, Tennessee is heading to Lexington to take on the Kentucky, number 18 Kentucky Wildcats. Spread favors Tennessee. Um, line's only one. So let's go around the table. Start, we'll start with Jake and just work around the whole time. Is that cool? Gonzalez. Give me the volunteers. Volunteers. I tried to talk myself into picking Tennessee, but I don't know their injury report yet. So I got to go Kentucky. I'm going to go with Kentucky on this one. You know what? Give me the volunteers. I was going to take the Cats, but I kind of want to differentiate. I don't know where our standings are right now, Thomas Lynn. I promise I will tweet them. We're close. We're still neck and neck. Uh, last week, you probably edged me out and got a little gap because of the games I, <laughs> I chose. It's okay. Uh, let's go uh, LSU versus number two, Alabama. That's in Bryant Denny Stadium. This one should be quick. Give me the tie by a lot. Same. Bama. Spreads yeah. 28 and a half. Crimson's odd. Bama to cover, in my opinion. Uh, Arkansas is headed to uh, – I'm sorry, they're hosting Mississippi State, number 17 team in the land. Uh, Arkansas favored four and a half. Jake? Give me the Razorbacks. Whoop pig. I'm riding the Mike Leach bandwagon right now. I'm going to hop on the bandwagon of Harrison Tars Whoop pig Sue and pick Arkansas. And I am taking Mississippi State this week. Wow. Did not see that coming. Hugh Freeze Bowl. Liberty's going to Oxford. You know, take on the Ole Miss Rebels and Vought Hemingway Stadium. Uh, Ole Miss ranked number 16, Liberty 7-2. and two. Jake, who we got? I'm going with Liberty. That's a good take. First to hit 45, but I'm going to give it to Ole Miss. Okay. I'm going to give it to Ole Miss, but honestly, this is one of my favorite matchups of the entire week, and I, I will be tuned in. It'll to be this a game. fun one at 11 a.m., actually, so we can actually have an enjoyable 11 a.m. slot. That'll be good. Let's go. I am taking the Rebs. Uh, I think a shootout, but I'm taking the Rebs. Um, let's just – can I okay? Georgia is hosting Missouri. Do I need to go around? 
Uh, everyone's they, taking yeah, Georgia, right? Georgia, right? Yeah. Upset. They're forty point favorite. Hey, a Missouri upset. Have, have you seen Have you seen the Missouri message boards? I've not. They're, they're They're feeling good. Okay. <laughs> no, feeling there's good. no way. <laughs> everybody, everybody, no everybody way. at this table's taking the dogs. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yes. Okay, so we can move on. Yes. Um, I think that's actually all the games until now. I have managed Florida to fit us in South, two. Florida, South Carolina. Florida, South Carolina. Dang it. <laughs> you you almost did your job. I almost correct. did my job. Um, Florida South Carolina. The Gamecocks will host uh, UF. Both teams are four and four, uh, and the line is Florida by eighteen. Jake, don't start with me. I need to think about it for a second. Uh, I'm gonna go with South Carolina on this one. I think the the stadium's gonna be rocking and rolling and get a that's win a take. Florida. Dylan, take the Gators. Yeah, I'm. I might go with South Carolina too. Okay. Um, I'm rolling with Dill. Uh, I'm with the Gators. Gators and looking suspect. Let's, South Carolina's look bad the entire year. Well, I yeah. somehow did this where we have a minute and a half to give your score projection for Auburn A&M. I can – Thomas Leonard, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Auburn is going to get the winner. And I'm going to say it's going to be a final score. I'm going to say – I want to just, like, say the same score as Ole Miss game. I'm going to go 31-20. Okay. It's going to be a defensive game, I feel like. So yep. it's going to be whoever hits 21st. I said the same thing about Penn State, Auburn, and – it. I worked out in my favor. I'm going to go Auburn 24, A&M 17. Perfect. I also think Auburn's going to win this game. I think it's going to be a little more offense than that um, because the first half is probably going to be kind of nuts like they'll in this game. So I'm probably going to go 35-17. Tigers. Like a dominant fashion win. There you go. Yeah. The second half they'll pull away. All right, well, we got to wrap this one up. I'm going to give my projection this uh, this weekend. Auburn fans, I know you're going to be shocked, but I'm roll- rolling with the Tigers. Give them to me 28-25, taking down number 14, Texas A&M in college, station at Kyle Field. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to TNT in the morning. As always, I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by my co-host, Thomas Lynn Murphy. Check us out on all of our social medias, same time, same place, next week. Y'all have a great weekend. See you next week. On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.